Welcome back to the West Wolf Podcast, covering one Russell Westbrook and the Washington Wizards. I am your host, J.D. Jackson. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Russell Westbrook Gets a Chip and on YouTube at J-Rock Soccer and Basketball Sessions. Today is Season 1, Episode 5. We're going to talk the upcoming preseason game versus the Brooklyn Nets, as well as our expectations for the first 10 games for the Washington Wizards. Let's get to it. The NBA is back. There are NBA basketball games tonight. I could not wait for this day. I hope I hope you are excited as I am. The NBA is back, baby. And get this. There's three games tonight that's none of our concern. But the Washington Wizards and one Russell Westbrook and one Bradley Beal play NBA basketball on Sunday night, 6 Eastern, 5 Central. And get this, versus the Brooklyn Nets, the return of Kevin Durant, the Slim Reaper. Man, I can't wait. I just that 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 game cannot come fast enough. Now, I don't care about the score and I don't want any of you to care about the score, but I'm very excited to watch those first probably two quarters. The main guys are probably only going to play about two quarters. You don't want them to get hurt, but those two quarters are going to be great. Now, you know, I'm going to watch all four quarters because I like seeing people at the end of the bench, seeing what they got, especially if they're young, see what the upside is. But I don't want you to worry about the score. The score does not matter. There's no correlation between the preseason record and a regular season record. The statistics just say that that doesn't matter. Now, what I do want you to look for is how is the defense as a team? Is the defense on a string with each other? Are they rotating correctly? And to be honest, just look for what the defensive philosophies are. Scott Brooks said he wants to play a little more zone. He thinks the team is built for that. Look for that. Are they playing a zone? What kind of zone are they playing? Is it really zone coverage? Or is it a matchup zone, which is disguised as a man-to-man? Are they playing more man? When are they playing man? How are they deciding between man-to-man and zone? Are they switching? What triggers triggers the switch? Do they switch everything? When they do switch, why? What is that trigger? Or do they use drop coverage? See, those are the things I want you to look for. So as we watch this season, you know, it's easy for us to say, you know, that was a mistake. You know, he's supposed to drop to the low man. And he didn't do that. Well, we'll know. 
Look at the individual defense. Now, because I'm a Westbrook stan, I'll start with him. Westbrook and Ish Smith both said they know they should be better on defense, and that is their focus. So what I want you to look for, Russell Westbrook, how often is he trying to gamble for that steal when he's off ball? Look, we know he's a good defender on ball. We're not worried about that. Is Russell Westbrook staying disciplined when he's off the ball, especially off the ball on the opposite side of the court? Or is he still gambling, hedging for that steal? I don't expect him to stop doing it altogether. He's too great. He's always one of the top 10 steals. He's always one of the top 10 steals. He's going to do it. And it's part of what makes him great. He creates turnovers. He wreaks havoc on defense. It's part of who he is. But sometimes it can be detrimental to a defensive possession. Is he staying disciplined late in the shot clock? Or is he counting on them to make a mistake to gamble and get that steal? That is what you're looking for. Is Russell Westbrook fighting over that ball screen? Look, if he's in space versus someone who has the ball, he's fine. But is, is he fighting over that screen if the Wizards aren't twitching that? That's what I want you to look for. Ish Smith said the same thing. So here's the thing. Ish Smith, he's got enough speed and quickness that he should be better at defense. However, I will give him this excuse. He's so extremely undersized. And I think I tweeted it out when he said that he wanted to work on his defense a few days ago. He should really, really watch Dennis Schroeder on defense, who's also undersized. Ish Smith, he offsets his deficiencies because of his size by just being scrappy, being a pest, just being annoying. I want to see him getting in there and just being scrappy, getting in the chest. He's fast enough to handle them trying to dribble. He's just got to be stronger, be scrappy. You want to look at his defense. That's what we're looking for. That is what you are looking for. Thomas Bryant. Look, we know what he can do on offense. We know he can block shots. But I want to see him work on his lateral quickness. Is he being disciplined on defense? Does he have a little bit more lateral quickness? Because here's what people don't understand. Block shots and steals, I mean, that's a part of defense. I mean, I guess if you want to say that, it is. And it's definitely a momentum changer, block shots and steals. So I won't say it's not, it is. But defense is the art of keeping your opponent in front of you and away from the basket. And as a team, it is that art as well as keeping the, the offense from being able to score the basketball. The whole point of defense is just you don't get any shots. And if you get one, it's a terrible one. So if our guards get blown by easily, but Brian is there or, or TBJ is there to block the shot, that's poor defense, but a good recovery from them. I want to see their team defense and their individual defense. Defense is an art. 
It takes effort. It takes discipline. It takes intelligence. Which, by the way, Troy Brown Jr., he makes some plays. Just watching film on him, I watch film on him almost every day. And his intelligence and understanding of just where the ball's going to go is absolutely incredible. It's just a shame their defense was that poor with him on that team. As a help defender, he is absolutely amazing. But that is what we're looking for. Defense. I'm not worried about their offense. The offense was top six in the league last year. I think they were sixth, exactly. Well, that's going to go up. Russell Westbrook going to go 100 miles an hour. He plays at a frenetic pace. You're going to get more shots. So you're going to score more points. You're going to get more easy ones. Now, offensively, what I will say that you're looking for is the chemistry of the team. The chemistry of the new duo. How is Russell Westbrook playing off of Bradley Beal? How is Bradley Beal playing off of Westbrook? How are the other players playing off their two stars? They're going to score a lot of points, but I want to see how efficient and fluid it is. With the Houston Rockets, it almost oftentimes seemed like a here, it's your turn, and vice versa. I want to see if there's fluidity to the Wizards' offense. Not a my turn, your turn. Not a I got double teams, so here's the ball, you just do whatever. I want to see if the same ball movement we saw in the practices and training camp is the same ball movement we see on the floor in an actual basketball game. That's what I'm looking for as far as the offense. Now, I believe the pairing of Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal is going to work better than the pairing of Russell Westbrook and one James Harden. The reason is Bradley Bill does not need to dribble the ball for 18 seconds to be elite. He just doesn't have to. He doesn't have to pound the pavement to get his shot off. Bradley Bill said it as pure as gold in training camp the other day in his media session. He said, I am a true two and he is a true one. Russell Westbrook can just be the floor general and make sure that Bradley Bill is great as he can be. That Bradley Bill is a part of the MVP conversation. That is ideal and that is what I expect. We know Westbrook can explode for 30. He can explode for 40 on any given night. And if he has to, he will. But this pairing works because Bradley Beal does not need the ball at 34% usage percentage in order to be elite. He's going to be more efficient, have less usage, probably get more shots. More efficient, less usage, more shots. 
Bradley Beal is fully capable of having a Steph Curry-esque offense and being elite. A floor general in Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal coming off screens, pinned down, staggered screens. No one is quicker at creating a shot than Russell Westbrook. can create a shot, the same shot that it will take another team a full shot clock to get. Russell Westbrook can get you in four seconds. But Bradley Beal can get the ball, and he doesn't need anything more than probably five or six seconds to get his shot off. And if he comes off a screen, he'll just pull the trigger. That's why I think the pairing works. And because that pairing is going to work, I expect for this team to be more successful on offense than what they even were last season. And I also expect for Beal to be very efficient. Bradley Beal shot almost 40% from three in all of his previous seasons, except for the last two. And that coincides with no John Wall. So I'm looking for that. How do they play off of each other? What are the quality of shots Beal is getting? What are the quality of shots Russell Westbrook is getting? If their quality of shots are very good, then everyone else's quality of shots will also be excellent. Now that gets us into our next segue, into our next topic. So the Washington Wizards, let's look at their first five games of the regular season. The Wizards play the 76ers, the Magic twice, and then the Bulls twice for the December slate of regular season games. Now here's the thing. Russell Westbrook, he just don't lose to Joel Embiid. I think Russ is like 5-0 versus Embiid. So, he doesn't lose to the 76ers with Joel Embiid on the floor. However, that duo has been together for years now. And the Wizards have a duo that's brand new in their first game of the regular season. So as much as I want to say that's a win, uh, let's say that that's a possible loss. The Magic twice and the Bulls twice, the Wizards have the best players. They have the best duo. So in my opinion, they should go 4-0. So in their first five games, I'm essentially saying they can go 4-0 or 5-0 or 4 and 1 if they lose to the 76ers. So let's go with 4 and 1. Uh let's say they lose to the 76ers. And the reason why I say that is if they don't lose to the 76ers, they may drop one to the Magic or Bulls, especially since the Magic is a back-to-back, December 26th and December 27th. You know, sometimes, you know, teams drop some versus that's four games. These are still NBA teams. You know, and maybe they drop one of those. But more likely, they lose to the 76ers. They clean house for the rest of December, and they're 4-1. To me, it's important for them to go 4-1 or 5-0, because let's look at their next five games. Because I only want to look at the first 10. So the next five games, in January, on New Year's Day, they play the Minnesota Timberwolves. Then they play the Nets, the 76ers again, the Celtics, and then the Heat. See, the schedule ramps up for them. In the new year. So let's say they lose to the Heat, they lose to the Celtics, they lose to the Nets. So let's say they go two and three. If you go five and oh and handle those first 
five games, you're seven and three. Let's say you go four and one in this first five get first five games, and you go two and three in these. Now you're six and four. You see what I'm saying? So that's why those first five games of their slate is so important. Then you're in a good spot in the standings. You're at a good record. You're at a 60 win, 60 win percentage. That's a good rate to be at. And then you build on that. Because right after that 10-game slate, you play the Suns, the Jazz, the Pistons, and then the Cavaliers twice. So that's why those first 10 games are so important, especially those first five. If you take care of business in the first five games, you set yourself up at a good spot in the standings. The team is happy. The team knows that they're good and they can build on that. And you take care of the teams you're supposed to beat. You're going to make the playoffs. And then best case scenario for this team currently constructed, you win a round one playoff series because you get yourself in a good spot in the standings and you lose late in the second round. And you let you put the NBA world on notice for all the upcoming free agents. Wow. You know, Westbrook and Beal, they are building something in the nation's capital. They are building something in D.C. Let me go see what Scott Brooks, Russell Westbrook, and Bradley Beal talking about over there. That's what you want to do. Then you build on it in the offseason the next season. That's what the expectation should be. That is what we're looking for in those first 10 games. Let's see if they take care of the first five games. And then when they take care of those next five games, let's see how they do versus the elite teams of the East, those top-tier teams in the East, the Celtics, the Heat, the Nets. Maybe they win one of those games versus those teams. They're 3-2. and two. Now you're definitely coming. Now you definitely put the world on notice. And you're still in a good spot. Those first 10 games are vital. Those first five, definitely. Because if this is a team that's going to beat the teams they're supposed to beat, that's a locked playoff team. If you beat the teams you're supposed to beat, you're guaranteed to basically win like 48 games. Well, they're only playing 72 this year. So uh, you're basically, you're going to win 40 if you just beat the teams you're supposed to. But those first 10 games, let's all watch those games before we decide whether this team is good, bad, has upside, has downside, and, and, and everything in between. Just watch those first 10 games first. I'm excited. I'm looking forward. I can't wait. I can't wait to the preseason game on Sunday. Um, but this is where I will end things. Thank you so much for listening to the West Wolf podcast. Please subscribe and leave a review. Please subscribe and leave a review. I'm begging you. Seriously, please do that. I appreciate you. I really do. Thank you so much for listening to the West Wolf Podcast. Remember, I will be dropping a podcast after every single Washington Wizards game. All 72. 
I'll see what I can do about the preseason, but again, the main players may not play that much, but I'll see what I can do. Thanks so much for listening to the Westbrook Podcast. As always, I am your host, J.D. Jackson, covering the Wizards and one Russell Westbrook. You can find me on Twitter at Russell Westbrook Gets a Chip and on YouTube at J-Rock Soccer and Basketball Sessions. And like always, until next time, bye-bye.